0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service, or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. One more time, good morning church. So good. Listen, there's been a lot of sickness going around. Um, Flu bug is everywhere. So I just want to just start right now and declaring God's health over our church body. And I want to pray for those that are sick that are out today. We've had dozens of people call in that we're serving today saying they've caught the flu. And so... I just feel like we just have the authority over all sickness, and so we just need to take it together. So I'm going to cover you if you want to be part of this. I'd lift a hand up if I were you. So, Father, I thank you. That by your power, we are covered. By the blood of Jesus, we are covered. And I just pray over our church body today. God, I pray that every sickness, every illness would be ceased in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray that those that are healthy would stay healthy through this season. Can I get a great amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Um, If you're a guest today, welcome to church. We're so glad you're here. You're just in the place of blessings today. So we're so glad you came. Hey, I want to let you know next week we're starting a new sermon series. We're finishing up seasons today. Next week we're going to start a series about how to live a spirit-filled life. And God has given us and equipped us with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I think sometimes we live um, below all that God has for us. When we don't understand how to operate and live with the, the benefits of the Holy Spirit in our life. And, and so I can't wait to jump into that next week. It'll be great. So hope you'll be back. Amen? Amen. All right. Listen, um, seasons, three weeks we've had the series, and today I'm finishing off this series on seasons. And in week one, if you remember, we talked about the dry season. This is a season where we feel disconnected from God and, and what to do in that, and then the week after that, we talked about the waiting season. This is the season where you have prayed for something and there just hasn't been the answer yet, and you're you're in that waiting season. Last week, uh, the difficult season. Anybody remember the difficult season? Are you in one? Uh, maybe the sermon was for you today. I want to. I'm going to flip the script on us a little bit because we've been in three weeks of what I would consider difficult seasons, right? And so um, I want to take us to something better today. I'm going to, listen, my job is to help you be happy today when you leave. And so that's, I'm going to go for it today. Amen. Come on. Um, Listen, my title is the most important season. And the season that we're going to talk about will override whatever season you're in. And I want to teach us about this season. I'm not going to tell you exactly about what that season is just yet. You'll just have to, you're going to have to pay attention and stay with me. I'll get to it. But in this series, I have opened up every week with a verse out of the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's chapter 3, verse 1. Let me read it to you. And it says, to everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. And so we've been learning that Either God has a purpose in the season or we can find how to purposely work through these seasons in our life. And so what I want to do is to continue reading out of this this story, this section of scripture out of Ecclesiastes, because it, it gives us an answer and helps us discover what is the most important season for us. And so before I just continue to read out Ecclesiastes, I want to give you a a little understanding about the book of Ecclesiastes and the author because it, it brings it into context of why he says what he says. And so Ecclesiastes was written by King Solomon. And King Solomon had all of the opportunities and every resource at his disposal. And he could pursue anything and everything he wanted in life. And so he pursued... Uh, he pursued knowledge, the depth of knowledge. He pursued working hard and, and toiling, and he pursued pleasure at its greatest and depth of it. So when we read the book of Ecclesiastes, we're, we're reading about King Solomon towards the end of his life, and he is reflecting back on this life. He's looking back over his years of, of his, the life that he's lived And he is sharing wisdom to us out of the book Ecclesiastes based off of his perspective of the way he lived his life. Honestly, when you read it, you can see some of the regrets of how he lived his life. And he's sharing with us like as if you were to be sitting at the feet of a wise sage. And he he is saying to us as we read this, to listen to my advice because I have regrets about the way I lived my life. And if you'll listen to me, you'll live for the most important things. In the very beginning of Ecclesiastes, he he says that everything under the sun, he said, is meaningless. He said everything, he uses the word in some, um, some translations, He'll say it's vanity. Everything is vanity, you know, like, and so what he's saying is all the entrappings of the world, everything that I chased after, everything in life, whether it was work or whether it was wisdom or whether it was was pleasure, he said all of these things amounted to nothing. And then he brings us to this place in this book that we're learning from is that there are some better things to pursue. There are some better ways to live and today we're going to find out what he says is the most important things in our life. And so as I read in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 2, it says this. It says, there is a time to be born and a time to die. And so what he's doing is he's getting ready to take us through all of these, these seasons that we live through in our life. And he says there's, there's a time to plant and there's a season to uproot or to harvest. He says there are seasons that kill. Now, he's not saying that you and I are to kill. Uh, he's saying that we live through seasons where there is death, where there are murders and killings. And I mean, you can see in the city streets in some of our large cities, it's, it's happening way too much. And there's a season of that. He says there's a season to heal, though. And listen, that's what I'm praying for our nation, a season to heal. He says there's seasons where things are torn down, season where things are, are built up seasons of weeping and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. And there's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time that we embrace one another and a time that we refrain from embracing others. And, and so if you're just reading through this, you're seeing Solomon just laying out all of these different seasons of life and he kind of contrasts one with the other and it's like a a pendulum swings and he's like this is this way life is working and then he, he says in verse seven there's a time to tear there's a time to mend he says there's a time to be silent and a time to speak honestly i think in our culture today it's the time for christians to speak i think we've been quiet too long And so then he says there's a time to love. I think that's a lot of time. But he also says there's a time to hate. And I was pondering, you know, what are we supposed to hate? And so I'll let you know what I hate. You're all right with this? Just hang with me. But I hate Halloween. You knew I was going to slip it in somewhere, Jody. Every year I get it in. If you've been at our church now 18 years, I've said something about me hating Halloween. And I do. I just somehow I don't like the way it focuses on evil. And um, well, there's a lot of ways I don't like that. And so, um, so if you're a, if you're a celebration person of Halloween and, and that's your life, uh, just listen, take it to God. He'll straighten you out. You'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Okay. There's a lot of things we can hate. There's a lot of things we can hate. I hate what sin does to people right? I mean, you see the, the ravages of sin. I hate it when people drop out of church and I see how it, that over time they fade in their walk with God. I hate that kind of stuff. I hate evil. I hate when I see evil. Uh, I saw a, a video clip that I wished I hadn't seen because I can't get it out of mind, but, but some evil person or God or enemy working through this person in an evil way, but he ran and knocked somebody off in a subway train before the train and like I'm like, who does this stuff? It's evil. I hate evil. I hate what evil does to the lives of, of people. And so, so yes, there's a, a time to hate. It says there are seasons of war and there are seasons of peace. Can you see what Solomon is saying to us? He's, he's showing us that there's just the realities of life. He's like, this is just what life is. There are seasons. There are just seasons that that things are happening over here and then the pendulum swings and it happens over here. And, and, and it's just, it's a back and forth that in, in some ways life is, is chaotic from all the things that's going on. If you read the list that he gave, it's like he's saying, I've experienced all of this over time and I'm now sharing with you that I've seen the, the patterns and the, the difficulties and then the good and then the, the peace times and the war times and he's just he's just going back and forth saying this is what life is. Over the course of time, church, you're going to experience ups and downs in life. And that's what he's teaching us. You'll have bad days and you'll have good days in your life. There will be dry seasons and rainy seasons. If you're in school, you're going to have bad teachers and you're going to have good teachers along the way, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, you just, that's just the the way of life. And there's going to be maybe bad jobs for someone and they'll also have a season where they have a good job in their life. And it's just that way. There's seasons where there is brokenness in relationships and there's betrayals and there's hardships about relationships, but also you're going to have seasons where you experience the intimacy of a close brother or sister or friend. It's just the way life is. You're going to have financial losses at times and you're going to have financial gains at times. This is what what Solomon's saying. He said, I've seen it over and over. I've seen life happen this way. You're going to have bad presidents and you're going to have some good presidents. It swings. It's back and forth. There'll be sorrows and there'll be happinesses in life. And and so Solomon's just saying, I've seen this and this is the patterns that I've seen and and, and this is just life. And so I want to say to you that your life will not always be perfect. Good. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I mean, we've experienced that. Uh, Harriet and I have ex- been through the, the storms of life at times and we've weathered the storms. But also I want you to tell you, your life will not always be painful either. And that's what he's teaching us, that, that there's just seasons that come and seasons that go. It's like a, a pendulum that, that moves back and forth. And some of you are over here in the good season. And some of you are over here in a, a difficult season. And, and at some point, you're going to move over here. And at some point, they're going to move over here. And, and, and that's just, it's just the way it is. And so in a room like this, we've got seasons everywhere. And it's just swinging. And, and if you're over here in a bad season, listen... Hold on. Take a deep breath cuz in ta- God's timing, whoo, he's going to bring you back over here at some point. That's why the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3:11. It says, "He has made everything beautiful in its time." Like not every time some of life is not beautiful all the time. But if you'll just chill and give God time, Listen, you ought to pray for breakthrough and do all that, but, but at some point you just need to rest in the, the graciousness of God and know that, that over time God is going to move and you're going to not stay in that same position. He's going to release new favor into your life and there's going to be new blessings and the sun's going to come up again and you're going to be over on the other side. Man, if I'm you, I'd agree with that. Let me be in that, Lord. Most of us allow the current season to control us. Most of us allow whatever season we are in to dictate our outlook on life. Whatever that season, if it's a, a hard season, then we, 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 we live out of that pain. If we're in a good season, we're all excited and we let... The seasons determine our outlook. We let the seasons determine how we live our life. And, and this is what Solomon is trying to teach us, that, that we, we don't want to live by the, the pendulum swings of life. We don't want our emotions to be wrecked in like a roller coaster from this season to this season all the time. And we live in this this micro view of our life. And he's saying, if you'll back up and start seeing a bigger picture of how things move, you'll be able to stabilize yourself through the seasons of life without going back and forth. And so Solomon is gonna give us some advice. And he's gonna say, I didn't do this. He's going to say, I lived a little bit for the passions of life and I I chased this and I I chased that and I I chased it this way. And and he's like, if you'll just listen to me, he's like, I'm going to give you a tip that will help your life so much. He's like, I'm going to help you stabilize your life. And so he says, this is what he discovered at the end of his life. He says in Ecclesiastes 3.12, he goes, I know. He's like from experience. He said, I'm telling you people this. He said that nothing is better for them, which is you and I, than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. He's saying that as the pendulum swings over here and the pendulum swings over here with all the emotional ups and downs, that he wishes that he had put his focus more into rejoicing with God than chasing all of the things in life. He's saying, I wish that I had put my my attention towards doing good for others rather than being swung by all the chaos of the world. There's so much chaos, there's so much coming at us that if you live based off of what the world is happening, then you're going to be tossed to and fro and you're going to have no stability in your life. Most seasons choose us. So when it comes to like difficult seasons, difficult seasons, choose. we don't choose difficult seasons. I don't, I like, like I don't want them. Like I want to avoid them at all costs, but they choose us. But the season that is important to us is the season that we can choose. And we can choose to have a rejoicing season. We can have a a decision in the matter to have a season where we do good. And that's what he's saying is the most important thing in your life that regardless of what season you are going through, that you can make a choice to rejoice over it. That you can make a choice to, to do good through it. There's nothing more important at the end of your life when you look back of going, did I pursue this or did I rejoice and praise my God? Did I chase after things? Or did I use my life for the kingdom of God? And he says at the end of his life, that's what's really important in life. The other night I was watching, watching the news. I was watching Fox News. And um, little Ansley was on there doing her little thing in the morning and she had brought up a topic and, and it stirred me up. I agreed with her like, you know, and I was like, she's right. You know, if, if they had done that and, and if they weren't doing that, then this would be better. And, and then that wouldn't have gone in the tank and this would have not fallen apart and people would be better. And man, I, I started talking to the TV. I started going, you're right, Ansley, tell them again and, and send it to the other news. And I was just, I started going, I was all worked up by watching this TV channel And, and I was, I was like in a, you get that way? Everybody, anybody, listen, I know you do the same thing too. Don't be all like all holy in here. I know we all get tore up. So here's the thing though. Later, the Lord spoke to me and he said this to me, gently, he said, you might be right about all those problems, but you're wrong to allow them to control your heart. I was like, whoa, okay. Now, I want to clarify something before I go on, because some might misunderstand me. God isn't saying that we stick our heads in the sand and ignore what's going on in the world. That's, that's not the answer. I believe that for way too long, the church and Christians have become so passive and quiet and fearful to stand on biblical values that, that are counter to what the world is, is, is pushing. And I believe with all my heart that the church and, and Christians need to, to, to rise up and, and lead in every sphere of life. And I believe that the church ought to have a voice into politics. And I think the voice ought, church ought to have a voice in, in, in justice and evil and, and we should use our voices. And, and I believe that, that, that Christians ought to vote their biblical values. And I mean, I just think it's so important. So important. And I'll speak to you just prophetically that, that God isn't finished with America. I read in scripture how things go from one direction to the other. And, and it's been that way through the, the course of time in our country where there has been swings of, of political ideologies here and it swings way over here. And, and, and the beauty of our nation should be that it that there's some balance and there's some there's some cooperation. And so I'm just saying that I just believe that God's not finished and he's gonna. By the you know the word of Ecclesiastes that there'll be some shifting and some changes that bring some balance to our country again, I, I just I'd believe it. <laughs> today is an interesting day for our Brazilian community. We have several people from Brazil that that are part of our church. Alisson, who leads worship from Brazil, and uh, he was sharing with me today that they are voting for their president. <laughs> in Brazil today. And they have a similar political environment of complete division. And on one side of their aisle, as you would say, is a a leader who had been in jail and and his his philosophies and his values are are things like abortion on demand and and all of those types of, of, of patterns. And then the other candidate is the stark opposite of that and and, and there's this, the vote is today and they'll, they'll know sometime tonight uh, who their next president is. And uh, he, Allison told me this morning that the president that, that, you know, he doesn't want to win, that we don't want to win has a slight lead. And like, he's like, would you pray? And I'm like, well, we'll pray as a church because uh, I want a world that stands for biblical values So like, it, like, it's not just us. We're not just, we're not just taking care of our own, you know. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we lift up Brazil and I pray that all those that are voting, uh, that are most closest aligned for, for biblical values, God, that you would let that righteousness stand for that nation, God. And so we pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, chaos, that's what Solomon was saying. Life is, wow, it's over here and whoa, it's over here and it's back and forth and and we need to learn to keep our heart right through this. We need to learn to, to maintain what the word is teaching us today. And we need to learn to the secret of having a, a happy and, and joyful, fulfilling life in the midst of these difficult seasons. God doesn't want his body. He doesn't want his church to live with this, this sour face all the time. With this I'm mad at the world all the time. With listen I went into I went into Starbucks the other day. And you know like that ought to be a good experience if you're getting a cup of coffee, shouldn't it? Like I'm I'm going to pay $4 for this coffee. I need like a, I need like people cheering for me like at that rate like Make this thing great. And the poor girl, she had some scowl. I was like, ugh, like, just give me my coffee. You know, I was like, you know what? The the attitude though of the experience was diminished because of the, I mean, the the environment was diminished because the attitude of this person. And it made me wonder about the church today that if we're so scowling and we're so upset and we're so mad at everybody, that people look at us and we have the greatest thing to offer greater than coffee. We have the, the name of Jesus, we have salvation, but they're looking at us going, I'm not sure that I want what you have because your face sure doesn't show any joy today. Well, that's good preaching. Thank you, Jody. Listen, we're called to be overcomers in life. And I think one of the ways that we overcome the seasons of life is we learn to smile and rejoice and and find our joy in God in every season. That's how we overcome. So the first thing Solomon says to us is that we should rejoice in the Lord, that we should Rejoice," He said we should rejoice in the Lord. And so I have a word for you. This is your word. Stop allowing the chaos of the world to control your joy. Appreciate you five. Man, that was a good word, Tim. Woo! Thank you. I don't need you. I can go without you. I'm I'm happy. Some of you are like, listen, some of you are like, well, this word isn't for me. Just the way you just said it, I'm telling you, it's for you. You need some happy in your life. You need to laugh a little bit. We should rejoice. Can somebody rejoice just a minute with me? Just a little rejoicing. That's my church. That's my church. What does rejoice mean? Rejoice means to be happy about the blessings and the grace of God in our life. I'm happy that I'm saved. I am so happy that I've been delivered from so much. I am overjoyed that I'm forgiven. I am thrilled that I am going to heaven. I am blessed because I have the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm happy that that whatever my life used to be, it's not the way it was and God has something new for my life. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. This is the the basic foundation of Christianity. Christianity. This is like the, the just the, the basics of it. And when did, when did I am saved get stale? When, when did we get to the point to where we got so stuffy that we can't shout out with some joy about amazing grace in our life? There was this lady in the church that Harriet and I grew up in and she and her husband were in just poverty. They, they had no running water. They still had a little outhouse out to the side. In modern world, we're not that old. Um, and um, I remember they, they wanted to be a blessing. They, they were a blessing. Uh, he always came to the church early every Sunday morning because he couldn't find a way to, to he told, us, told Pastor Frank, my pastor, he goes, I don't know how to help, help in our church. He says, I have nothing to offer. He said, but would you let me do this one thing, Pastor? He said, would you let me come to church on Sunday morning real early and just pick up all the trash outside? And I'm telling you, every single Sunday for years and years, he picked up the trash. You could pull up on the parking lot and he was out there with his little bucket cleaning up. Then they would bring Harriet and I fish. They would fish in the creek. That's how they ate a lot. And they loved us. And so they would put a few extra fish in a bag and bring it to church for us. No special. No ice either. They didn't have ice. They didn't, they didn't have any plumbing. So though this, this lady, she was, um, she was a rejoicer of all rejoicers. And anytime Pastor Frank, he would say something like, God is good and I'm, I'm so blessed to be saved. She would come alive. She understood about rejoicing, and and I'm not recommending this, but she did this thing where she sounded like a freight train. And every time Pastor Frank would say something like that, she would go, "Woo wee!" Loud. And the time she said it the most was the time that I'd bring a friend. You know how it is. You bring your guest. You know, some of you probably brought a guest today and I'm up here sounding like a freight train. You're like, oh no. (laughs) So she did that. And then then she'd do it and Frank would get excited and he would say something else and she'd go even louder. And she'd say, woo, thank you, Jesus. And she would shout it out. And before you know it, the whole church was on their feet. They were shouting and they were clapping because there was something inside of that body that was not attached to the world, but we were attached to a great God who had saved us and set us free, a great God who loved us and never leaves us. It wasn't about plumbing for her. There's a scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians that says this, and Paul is writing to the church, and he says, I fear this about you guys. He said that somehow, just as a serpent had deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. In other words, Paul's saying there ought to be enough of a response out of your heart when you think about the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you because the cross is the... All right, you you sang the song. Christ died for us. I was lost, but now I'm saved. And... This is what Solomon's teaching us, that regardless of what's going on in your life, there's something to rejoice about. In the book of Philippians, it says, rejoice in the Lord. How many times? Always. When things are good, when things are bad, when? Always, Man, when, whether you're, you're winning or losing? Always. And so he said, well, I'll just be sure you understand me. He said, I'll say it again, rejoice. 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 Rejoicing, I want to tell you, is permission giving in life. I want to give you permission. Rejoicing isn't tied to circumstances. It's not tied to culture. It's not tied to the news. It's not tied to politics. But because of Jesus, because of the simplicity of Christ and the blessings that we have because of Jesus, I want you to know you have permission to smile again. Smile. Oh, wow. You have permission to have a positive outlook on life again. You have permission to laugh again. You have permission to hang out with your friends and eat food and drink and, 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 and laugh and, and have a blast with your friends again. You get to go hang out at a restaurant and talk about everything that is happy. Talk about your kids and talk about the weather and talk about your golf game and talk about how delicious the food is and just have some fun and laugh together. That's good news. But listen, I'm not just giving you a little, you know, Tim tip today. This is what the Bible is telling us. Let me prove it to you. You, You're looking at me strange. Ecclesiastes 3 says this. I'm just proving it. It says, I know that nothing's better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labors because what? It is a gift of God. Like he's like kids. Listen, I put you on that earth and I want you to have a great time for a little bit. Quit freaking out about the government right now. Listen, I want you to know God is still in control. He's, He's not up there like, oh my goodness, what's happening out there in America? If you have children and, you know, one of the joys of being a parent is Saturdays because you get to have fun with your kids. You take them to a soccer game and they run around and they play and you scream and holler and like you're having fun. Like you ought to have fun with your family. You ought to have fun again. And that's what I believe that God wants for you and I. Rejoicing is smiling. It's having fun. When the world is chaos, we're overcoming. Because we have the gift of God the simplicity of Christ amen Amen. I'm trying to teach you to be happy I'm trying to preach you happy today I just listen you're gonna leave here today and go man I got to be happy today I want you to enjoy your life I want you to practice smiling you might just put a little smile on real quick just try it you some of you haven't smiled lately there you go try it's so great it's weird when you try it on purpose y'all look weird right now I'm telling you quit that just stop y'all look funny Research shows this. Listen, I read this online, so I'm sure it's true. Um, But research shows that that children smile on the average of 400 times per day compared to a typical adult who smiles only 20 times per day. I I also read in the same article that smiling is really beneficial to your life. And when you smile, it, it helps our bodies release cortisol, And it increases happy endorphins in your life that provide numerous health benefits. And so I'm getting ready to tell you something that is going to change your life. You're going to want to know this point right here. This is it. Listen, if you don't remember anything else, smiling will help you lose weight. (laughs) Woo! It releases cortisol. I don't know all the biological effects of all that, but... I'm saying you ought to try it a little bit. Next week, we're all gonna come in a little later. Like, if I see you smiling ear to ear, I'm gonna know it's working. Listen, it reduces blood pressure. It increases your endurance. It reduces pain, reduces stress, and strengthens your immune system. Like, you know what? Being happy will help your health. The church, we ought to be the healthiest people in the world since we're the happiest people in the world, right? All right. King Solomon, he had regrets. He had regrets at the end of his life. That's why he wrote this. And I think what I would boil down some thoughts on this is that, that we don't want regrets at the end of our life. Because we chased after everything and we let it all wear us out. And and so here's a couple of thoughts. Let's don't regret missing out on enjoying your life. Just don't let another year, another Month, another week, another day go by that you haven't smiled and found joy in it. Don't don't miss out on the beautiful moments of life. Don't be so caught up in everything going on that you you miss the joy and the the beauty of the blessings and the friends and 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 children and and whatever is in it. Find the joy in it. Don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on laughing and. Don't miss out on what's most important in life. And Solomon says that you should rejoice more. You should smile more. You should have more fun with your family and friends. And this is the gift of God. And secondly, he goes on to say that he wished that he had rejoiced more. And then next, he said to do good, to do more about doing good. He says, Ecclesiastes 3.12, I know nothing's better than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And and what does it mean to to do good? Well, I think it's about making a difference with our life. I think it's about using our life to to help other people. I think it's about about being nice to others. I think it's it's about being polite and courteous and, and, you know, for me to smile at the barista. Listen, she doesn't maybe have the, the salvation experience I've had. And maybe my smile back at her begins to bring change in her life. Maybe it's a season where we are doing good by saying pleases and thank yous. And maybe we look for ways to be a blessing to other people. And, and that's what he's saying. He's like, when you get to the end of your life, you really, that's what's gonna matter is what, what was your, what was your way of helping and blessing others? Not long ago, we were at the football game in my hometown and I was sitting on the end of, of the, of the row. And there was, we were probably the 10th stair up. And there was this very elderly lady that was working her way up and one step at a time, kind of like this, holding onto the rail. And when she got to me, I was like, well, I have to help this lady. Like that's, that's the nice, that's, the, that's how I could do good here. And, and so I stood and I said, ma'am, can I help you up these stairs? And she said, please, thank you. And so I, you know, I stuck my arm out and, and she grabbed my, my arm and, and we worked our way up the stairs and we got to her row. And as we were walking down that row, she stumbled over something that was in the, in the way. And, and she squeezed my arm so tight, she held on and I was so glad I was there. And we finally got to her seat and she said, she said, young man, I like that. (laughs) You're supposed to wait until I make notice that that was funny before you laugh. Um, But she said, young man, and I did like that. So now you can laugh over here. Um, and, And I was like, oh, sweet. But she said, thank you for being there and being so nice and kind. I really appreciate that. And it just kind of spoke to me for a moment. I was like, wow, how hard was that? It just took a little effort, just a little moment to be kind. The Bible says this in Romans 12, 21. It says, don't let evil conquer you. But this is the way we handle it, church. But conquer evil by doing good. By being good to people. By being nice to people again. By, By tipping your waitress today and and, and just and, and just being, I don't know how else to say it. Let's just start being nice again. And let's do that. Amen. There's nothing more important than rejoicing in the Lord and doing good to others. And that's Solomon's word to you and I today. He's looking back at his life. He sees his regrets of allowing the world to move him or him chasing after all of these things that that don't matter. In the long run, it's it's not what is important. And he said, I wish I had spent more time rejoicing, more time with a light heart, and more time making a difference with my life and others. And that's our word today. That's the season that matters, Amen? amen? We can choose it. Listen, if you're here today and you've never begun a relationship with our heavenly father and all that I'm talking about, the simplicity of Christ, if you don't know the simplicity of Christ, then, then you don't have that place to pull from for joy. And I want to introduce you to Jesus. And I want you to know, listen, on the screen, it tells you that you are loved by God. Actually, every one of you in the room, every soul in this room, God loves you. He cares about you. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about the season that you're in. The second box reveals to us that we have sinned and it's that sin that separates us from God. The third box teaches us that Christ died on the cross for our sins. He made the payment for our sin. What that means is that I have sinned and Jesus said, I'll take the punishment for you, Tim. And so Jesus takes my punishment which means that the sin is gone I'm forgiven and I'm free from that the punishment of it. Therefore I am made right with God and I can have a relationship with God. What we do is we believe in Jesus. We accept him. We we trust in him with all our heart and say I believe he is the son of God and I want to turn to Jesus for my sins to be forgiven and I want I want my life to be brand new because of him. And as your pastor today, my prayer is that every single person in this room would walk out of here with a fresh commitment to follow Jesus. And if you've never begun that relationship, today's your day. And so I'm gonna invite you in this really holy moment to bow your heads. Appreciate if there'd just be nobody moving in the room for just a minute so we can just have this moment. Father, if there are people in here, would you touch their hearts? Would you move on their hearts to choose Jesus, to to choose forgiveness and salvation today? And now in this moment, if you're ready to make that choice, would you lift your hand to me in the air and say, Pastor, that's me. I see those hands, three hands anymore. We don't want to miss you. God bless you. All right, so let's do this together. Let's all pray. There are hands in the room that went up. And so let's, let's join them because all of us want to have a fresh commitment to Jesus. Pray this with me. Say, dear heavenly father, thank you for loving me. I turn to Jesus, ask for forgiveness. I receive it now. I am forgiven. I am now saved. I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Lord, I want to laugh again. I want to have joy in the Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Can I get a great amen, church? Amen. Amen.